Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Daniel Hagen. Yeah. All right, so um, I'm going to get into this part three now. And excuse me if it's not as well crafted as what I would have liked. Um, and excuse me if, if I uh, the articulation is not brilliant, but I was woken up in the early hours of the morning and God kind of shifted the message a little bit and so I got up and prayed and wrote down some prophetic statements around this series so I haven't had a lot of time to kind of put it together but I think that's okay you'd much prefer to hear what God wants to to share this morning than some crafted message yeah I think both are good but I'd much prefer uh, a little bit messy but God on it amen so let's why don't you just Say to the person next to you, God's on this, so get ready. Hunger. Everyone say hunger. You know, I feel like I can preach better when hearts are hungry and when you're drawing from the anointing, when you're drawing from the Word of God. And, uh, and also, too, in the same way that we celebrate miracles with uh, volume, with celebration, with praise, um, in the same way that we do even during the worship, I'd love to see a culture where we, in the same way, while the Word's being preached, you know, we're not just waiting for lunchtime, and, and, but rather when, when a statement of truth is released and you feel God on it, let's in the same way uh, celebrate and honor the Word of God and shout out and cheer and, and uh, let's get excited about the Word this morning. Amen? Who's up for that? Glory to God. All right, this is the, uh, the statement that God woke me up with. And so I'd love you to write this down. This is for part three of our series, and I'm, I'm going to try and hang around this area as best I can this morning with the Word of God. So the statement is this. Miracles don't form who you are. They flow from who you are. I'm going to say it one more time. Miracles don't form who you are. They flow from who you are. The Bill Johnson power pause. I'll just let you let that sink in for a minute. And now I want to take you to Matthew three seventeen. Matthew three seventeen. So that I literally woke up with that statement. Like I woke up, I, was, I felt like I'd had 10 coffees. I know that's God, because normally I love my sleep. And I've got a massive day today. We're going to be out till late. By the way, on that note, please keep myself, Glenn Trevica, and Ado in prayer. We've been invited to go and share in a prison today for about four hours in two different sections in a prison. And uh, to, I've, I've never had the opportunity to minister in a prison before. So it's a great opportunity where they've actually, they've sourced us out, invited us in and created a space so we're going to bring the guitar, bring a drum, and we get to minister through music, but also through testimony as well. And so we're believing for a great harvest of people getting saved and healed today as well. So keep us in prayer. We've pretty much, it's about an hour away, so we have to leave straight after here. So we'd really love your prayers. All right, Matthew 3.17. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. 
This is the Father speaking about, this is an audible voice, the Father speaking about Jesus. And some of us might just read that without kind of analyzing the context and we might think, yeah, well, no wonder the Father loved Jesus. I mean, He raised the dead. He healed everybody that came to Him and cast out every devil. And signs and wonders just followed and miracles were all around Him. No wonder the Father loved Jesus. How many people think that's a fair statement? Some you, you know, you know I'm trying to trick you here. I am. A little bit. To a degree, um, that is a fair statement because obedience pleases God. And at the end, we want to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. And so if we want to hear that statement, good and faithful, it's because of obedience. It's even greater than sacrifice. You can make all these sacrifices on this earth, but uh, it's obedience actually trumps even sacrifice. So it's good to be obedient in that realm. But I want to point something out here. You'll notice that it's Matthew chapter 3. It's very early on in the gospel that Jesus is noted as being a son, noted as being someone that God the Father is well pleased with. And I want to take it a step further. This is, if you read the context, this is where Jesus was about to be baptized by John the Baptist. Very significant. The public ministry of Jesus could not begin until he fulfilled all righteousness and was water baptized. Jesus started his public ministry at 30 because he was fulfilling all righteousness. Ever wondered why it was 30 to 33? Fulfilling the Jewish principles, the, the Jewish laws. They were organized to beat the devil. There's a system, there's a process, and Jesus wasn't about breaking that process. He was about fulfilling all righteousness, and he came in the right way and was released at 30 to go about ministering and from that point we start to see miracles healings and that's where we can say for this reason the son of man was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil but before that baptism before he was 30 29 28 and earlier we don't see a lot of the life of Jesus there were certainly some accounts but one of the reasons is because he didn't start his ministry until 30 But the really interesting thing, and the main point that I want to bring out right now, is that God was pleased with Jesus. God loved Jesus. God called Jesus' son before he did one miracle. Hadn't healed anyone yet. Hadn't cast out any devils. Hadn't raised the dead. Hadn't done any of these crazy things. He was just a son. He was loved. He was beloved. And so I feel like God wants to speak into this this morning. I want to talk about identity. And with that in mind, with that scripture in mind, I want to read that statement one more time that God woke me up with. And that is this, miracles don't form who you are. They flow from who you are. We need to understand that 
right now, I mean, you've come in, some of you might have come into this culture where it's just miracles are breaking out. There's these wild, fearless Christians all around us in this community, and it's amazing. And more and more people are getting swept up to this kingdom culture. But for some, maybe, you haven't yet stepped out. And potentially that can bring condemnation. Or for some of you, maybe you're trying to get identity by stepping out and trying to get a testimony for the sake of looking like you're a Christian or looking like you're a son. And so you're doing these things potentially out of a wrong heart, not necessarily in a wicked sense, but just you just don't know who you are yet. And so we need to be careful of that. We need to understand that we're beloved, that we're a son, we're a daughter of God, whether we pray for the sick or not. And when we get that, I guarantee you the river of miracles will flow a lot quicker and with a lot more intensity and with a lot more fervency than it ever would because it's coming from a place that you know who you are. You're a son and you're a daughter. Are you with me? Now, I know this is, I know this is prophetic. I know some of us have to hear this this morning. And uh, so now what I want to do is take us to Matthew chapter 15, verse 32. But before I go there, I want to highlight and talk about 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. I'm not going to ask you to turn there. I'm just going to unpack a little bit. The Apostle Paul taught the church, in particular the Corinthian church, about the gifts of the Spirit. And when it comes to the supernatural, when it comes to... Uh, Hello. We got a preacher. Come on. When it comes to the supernatural, we find a lot of meaty stuff. We find a lot of revelation, particularly in those three chapters. So if you want to continue to develop in this area and grow in this area, I'd encourage you to go through that in your own time. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14. It's specifically around the gifts of the Spirit. And so uh, gifts of healing are in there. Uh, workings of miracles are in there. And some of the other areas that over this series we've been highlighting. So Paul's teaching the Corinthian church. Now, I don't believe it's any coincidence that smack bang in the middle of those three chapters dedicated to the gifts of the Spirit, we have the famous love chapter. I don't know if you've ever thought about this before. I guarantee you if I actually went into it right now and if you had a quick look at it, you'd go, oh, the love chapter. Yeah, I heard that at my auntie's wedding or yeah, I've heard that before. I know the love chapter. Remember, love never fails. We sing that, your love never fails. It's smack bang in the middle of the teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. I believe it's prophetic in the sense where it should be the center of why we do what we do. Even, even as I said, the center, I had this picture of wings, and in the center was the heart. And so, yeah, we need the wings. Yeah, we need the supernatural. Yeah, we need the workings of miracles and the gifts of healings and the other nine gifts of the Spirit and beyond. But without the heart, God can still use it, but without the heart, you're not going to get too far. And so the heart is love. Amen? The heart is love. 
And so everything must flow from a place of love. Now, here's the good news. Are you ready for the good news? Just say to the person next to you, I need to make sure you're awake to get this. I know some of you haven't had coffee. You come late, and I know it's great coffee, but you need to get this. Just say to the person next to you, get ready. You need to get this. Here's the good news. And it's good news for those that are born again. It's good news for those that aren't born again because today you're in the right place. Not many people are able to hang in here long not being born again. Praise God for the five beautiful people that come up last Sunday at the altar and gave their lives to Jesus. Let's give them another round of applause. It's good news because love is in you as a born-again Christian. Compassion is in you as a born-again Christian. It's not something that is abiding up in the third heaven that you need to beg for, to pray for, to hope for. It's in you right now. Christ in you. When you got born again, you became a new creature. And a part of that new creature is not just getting a clean slate from sin, although that's a massive part of it, and I'm grateful for it. But I'm highlighting right now that you've been baptized in love. When you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, you weren't just baptized in supernatural dunamis working power. That's an amazing part of it. That's an amazing aspect of it. But you were also baptized in perfect love. How do I know that? Because the Holy Spirit is God. How do I know that? The Bible says it. Why is that important? Because the Bible says God is love. And so you literally have right now, when you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, when you were born again, He gave you His love. It's a love that cannot be received in any other way. It's a free gift. It's by faith you get this love, this perfect love. By the way, it's the same perfect love that casts out fear. I don't know about you, but that makes me happy. Why is this important? Because miracles flow from who you are. They don't form who you are. You don't need to pray for the sick to get love from God, although He loves you for doing it, if that makes sense. He already loves you. He's already in the same way that He said to Jesus before He started His public ministry. In the same way He said, my son in whom I'm well pleased. Before he did one thing, one work. That's the same for you. You might have messed up this week. You might have even been disobedient. You might have even allowed fear to dictate to you. You might have even allowed criticism and bitterness to sink in for a season. But who cares? You're still his son. You're still his daughter. You're still his beloved. And every day is a new day. And his mercies are new every morning. So let's just get on with it and keep loving Jesus and let miracles flow like a river from who we are. And we are his beloved. Amen. Now we're going to go to Matthew 15, 32. I feel like you're awake now. That's good. Glory to God. You know, Ado said one day it'd be great to have the barista and the machine up on the stage, maybe when we do a Q&A. But we don't need that. You guys are just, you're with me this morning already. I like it. 
Matthew 15, 32. I want to read three scriptures really quickly, and then I'm going to ask you to analyze them. I'm going to ask you to point out what you think is something that's consistent through these three scriptures. Who likes teaching? We're getting into some teaching this morning, the Word of God. I'd encourage you to read it. Don't just, okay, it's good that you're here and that you're listening to it, but there's something powerful. If you can get it into every gate, the eyes are the gateway to the soul. If you can read it, if you can hear it, if you can speak it, all of those ways help you to, to form truth in your life. And it actually sinks deep into your heart. Okay, so I want to encourage you to read the Word of God with your eyes, hear it through your ear gate, speak it out, meditate, immerse in the Word of God, marinate in the Word of God, and you'll watch your life change, I promise. So we're going to go now to Matthew chapter 15, verse 32. And it says this, Now Jesus called His disciples to Himself and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. That's the first scripture. Number two, this one's Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. Give you a little bit of time to turn to it, because it's important that you see it. And it reads like this, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. By the way, this is a different multitude. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Now I'm going to take us to the next passage. This one's Matthew chapter 14, verse 14. I'm going to stop for a moment so you can go there. Matthew 14, 14. Like I said before, if, if we're going to study the supernatural... I mean, go everywhere from Genesis to Revelation, but if we're, if we're laying a foundation, there's no better place to start and to stop than with Jesus. He's perfect theology in the sense of, if we want to know the Father's heart on miracles and the supernatural, we look to Jesus because He's the express image of God. Amen? And we unpacked that in the previous uh, two messages for the Supernatural series. So if you weren't here, if you're here for the first time, it's now up on YouTube, so you can check that out, part one, part two, and we're on part three now. So Matthew 14, 14 says, And when Jesus went out, He saw a great multitude, and He was moved with compassion for them, and healed their sick. Okay. I've read three passages in Matthew. They're all different accounts of different occasions, but what is something that's consistent with all of those three passages? And this is where we insert some feedback. It's too easy. You guys have got this. Compassion. Compassion is an attribute of love. It's not the only attribute of love, I'm going to quickly side note something. I need to hit this for a minute. Love, if you read 1 Corinthians 13, that's not love in its entirety either. It's a big part of describing love and articulating love. But really to 
understand love in its full definition, you need to understand God in His full definition because He is love. So from Genesis to Revelation, everything that took place in there, God's perfect, is love. Hell is love. Justice is love. It's an attribute of God. Uh, in the same way, uh, I'm, I'm sure you'd consider it love if someone abused or seriously, uh, say, for example, murdered a family member, an innocent member of your family. If the judge didn't put him in prison, that wouldn't be love, would it? It'd be crazy and you'd be angry. So in the same way, you need to understand that justice is a part of love. It's not separate from but compassion is certainly another very important element of love, component of love. And we can see that Jesus was moved with compassion. And that takes me back to the statement that God woke me up with in the morning where he says, miracles don't form who you are. Miracles flow from who you are. Jesus was full of compassion. And that's what compelled him. That's what caused him to continually, consistently push past all of the issues and troubles and continue to pray for the multitudes, continue to love the multitudes, to heal the sick, to go to heal everyone that came to him. He was moved with compassion. And so that needs to be the motive or even I would say the prime motive, because there are many reasons why we want to see miracles. But let that be the first reason that you step out. Not to get the testimony, although we love the testimony. Are you with me? But let the first motive be simply because we love the person. We see the person in need. We see the person hurt. And so in us is compassion because we're a partaker of his divine nature. We're like Jesus and we see them and we're like, man, I just have to reach out and love them, whether anyone hears about it or not, whether I get the newsletter story or not, I'm reaching out because I love them. And then from there, we know God's going to be glorified. And we also know that another part of the motive is because God wants to heal the body to reach the heart. And so we want to see the sick healed so we can take it to another level again. And we can say, hey, the dude that healed your body is the same Jesus. In fact, the only one that can heal your spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only God in all the world that can heal a sin-touched spirit. In fact, it's not just sin-touched spirit. If you don't have Jesus, if you're not born again, you're dead in your transgressions. You've got a dead spirit. And Jesus or the Holy Spirit, the Father in heaven... It's the only answer. It's the only way that you can come again and be born again in your spirit. And so we want to, there's, there's another layer of motive, and that is we want to see the person's body touched so that they can see that God's real, so they can see his goodness, which hopefully, potentially will lead them into repentance or right thinking with God, into a place of faith where they can be born again and receive Jesus. The testimony is powerful because here comes another layer of motive, if you like. Um, behind that, again, is that the testimony sparks faith. The testimony brings glory to God. The testimony sparks faith in the hearers so that the, potentially that miracle can then multiply because others hear about it. 
And they might have the same condition and think, well, if that person got healed, then I can get healed. So it sparks faith. But the front layer or the first motive we see from Jesus and our first motive is we just love the person and we just want to see them well. Even if they don't come to church, even if they don't receive Jesus, even if they don't get born again, we just want them well. Now, we'll be surprised if they don't and we'll be like, man, I feel sad for them, but we still love them. And you know, that's a seed. Who knows what's going to happen in 20 years because God's just going to keep reaching them and appealing to them. Amen? So, are you with me so far today? Let's give Jesus some praise. Come on. Glory to God. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. So compassion is something that's consistent. I want to just touch on something in terms of compassion because some of you might be sitting here and thinking, yeah, but you say that that's who I am and you say that's in me. You say that I've been baptized in love, but I don't feel that way right now. So I don't understand. Is it true or not? If I don't feel it, is it true? How many people know that we don't walk by feelings? Look, I love feelings because God gave us feelings. And if everything lines up, it's wonderful. Like if your soul's in line with truth, if your spirit's in line with truth, if your body's in line with truth and your emotions and everything, it's like glorious. But it's not always going to be like that. Let me just tell you right now. Sometimes you won't feel like stepping out. But by faith, you know you are a, a compassionate person. And so often you'll step out and then when you're in the moment, all of a sudden you feel the compassion for God on the per, on for that person amen so we're a people that walk by faith and not by sight or another way to say it is walk by faith and not by feelings amen but if it's something that's continuing to happen where you, you, it's like you feel like compassion is dormant or you sometimes you might even be tricked into thinking that you're not a compassionate person i want to show you something jesus i believe stirred up his compassion remember last week and the previous weeks I talked about how even Jesus had to fight the good fight of faith. I pointed out the time that he had to pray for the blind man twice. Remember that passage? And he said, what do you see? After he prayed the first time, and he said, I just see trees like men. And so Jesus didn't give up there, he prayed again. And I believe that's it's a, an aspect or an example of what it looks like to fight the good fight of faith. And so Jesus prayed twice. The second time, the man was completely healed. And I pointed out, for some of us, it might be 10 times. For some of us, we pray 15 times, 100 times. We don't give up. We continue to fight the good fight of faith. I mean, Jesus, he fasted for 40 days. He was tempted in every way. But one of the other things that I believe he did to show us how to fight the good fight of faith so that we too can be moved with compassion like him was that he showed us that he was intimate with the Father. Ministry was important to him, but not more important than intimacy with the Father. And how do I know that? Well, there were a number of accounts where Jesus intentionally pushed the crowds away, so to speak, and said, I need to get away even though multitudes are coming to me, even though there's problems everywhere, I need to... Trust 
put all that aside and spend time with the Father. And I believe in that time where he's praying with the Father, what's because he's fully man and fully God. You need to understand that. And so in that time on the mount, the mountain time, that's how we describe it. For you, you might not have a mountain near your house, but it might be in your in your room, it might be in the park next door, wherever it is, it's getting away from the stuff, turning off Facebook, uh, turning off Instagram, and every other crazy platform that's out there now. It's not evil, but if you're on it all the time and you're not spending time with the Father, then something's wrong. So, And for those that are involved in ministry, it's very important because you've got a great heart and you just want to go, go, go all the time and serve everybody's needs and it's wonderful. But if you don't, if you're doing that to form who you are, then man, it's not going to last long. It's going to end up getting poisonous and crazy. You'll end up getting bitter. You'll end up criticizing everything around you anyway because you're not spending time with the Father and it's all going to fall apart. It's got to flow out of in- intimacy. It's got to flow out of love. It's got to flow from a place of compassion. Are you with me today? All right, we're nearly there. We're nearly there. I think, it's, I think we're starting to get it. So Jesus showed us that to him ministry was important. But not more important than intimacy with the Father. So rivers, miracles, signs and wonders flow from intimacy with the Father. Here's the dangerous thing. Uh-oh, everyone say, uh-oh. Danger. Not all danger's bad. There's a dude called Mark here today, nicknamed Danger. And uh, just while we're on testimonies for a minute, he had the opportunity to preach and share his testimony at a local church here in Langwarren. It's actually a, a church that I oversee for the ACC, and I know their history quite well. I know the pastor. He's a great man. And... They've been trying really hard and haven't seen any souls saved for 10 years. And Mark was able to go in there, share his testimony, bring heaven, broke it open, and for the first time in 10 years, they saw two people saved for the first time. So come on, Jesus. I'm glad God reminded me when I said danger. I'm like, yeah, that is awesome. Come on, man. So here's the thing. The Bible says that the gifts and the call are irrevocable or without repentance. So here's the dangerous thing, okay? What does that mean? It means that I'm trying to implore, encourage, um, stir each other up in the right way in terms of motives. And we need to remind each other and help one another in that. But it's possible that people can still operate in miracles, can still operate in the gifts of the Spirit out of a wrong motive. My personal opinion is it won't last long, um, or if it does, it's because they've entered into a counterfeit spirit, but it can happen, and so we need to be careful of that. We just continue, if you're spending time with the Father, He'll help you. If you're intimate with the Father, He'll help you, but if you're not, it's easy to slip into deception. And we end up doing this stuff for the wrong reasons. Amen? That's why it says to have a wisdom, a mul- there's wisdom in a multitude of 
counselors as well. So we have good people around us, helping one another, stirring each other up in the right direction. Amen. Here's the other dangerous thing. And you know, my job is not just to inspire you, but also to teach, to warn, even to rebuke from time to time. And, uh, and so here's the other thing. Jesus said, there was a, a, a passage where there was a man in, in, he was, I believe it's in the third heaven. And so he's now um, face to face with God. And he says to Jesus, he says, God, I, I did all these wonderful things in your name. I'm not going to go there for time's sake. I'm sure you've heard this before. You know, I cast out devils. I healed the sick. I did all these wonderful things. And Jesus responds by saying, not good and faithful servant. He responded by saying, away from me, I never knew you. Can you do that again? That was like, that's very, very good sound effects. Did you mean that? That was really good. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, I was going to rewind a little bit and start again. So, Jesus responded even though this dude was operating in gifts and miracles and healings he said away from me i never knew you doesn't stop there i believe it goes on to bring an explanation of how we know that he didn't know god he said you who practice iniquity or practice lawlessness so here's the thing it shows us that it's possible for you to be practicing iniquity and lawlessness and still be operating in the gifts of the Spirit. All right, so what do we need to do if that's happening right? Because if, and why is this important? Because you think that the miracles and healings are forming your person, are forming what God thinks of you. And when I say you, I don't mean you, I mean the person that needs to hear it the person that God woke me up in the morning. Because miracles don't form who you are, they flow from who you are. And that's what can happen. All of a sudden, you don't care about holiness and righteousness or obedience to His Word because you're focused on, potentially for signs and wonders for the wrong reasons, or for the power, or like Simon the Sorcerer. What a great example in Acts chapter 8 where he wanted to pay Philip to have this power because he saw the signs and wonders going on. All right, so just three things to point out in that area, and then I'm going to backtrack and finish on the positive again, okay? So three things. Remember Simon. Acts 8, read it if you want to. Peter had to rebuke him because the motive for the signs and wonders was dead wrong. Point number two. If you're walking in habitual iniquity, not caring, be careful because you can still be seeing these signs and wonders in your life, but still face Jesus 
And he'll still say, look, I didn't know you. You're a worker of iniquity or someone that's habitually practicing. Not someone messing up weak, but someone wicked, not even caring. No repentance, not trying. That's who Jesus is talking about. You didn't know me. And I believe that if you're pushing things aside and spending time with the Father, then the temptation of iniquity is just going to be so easy to reject. Intimacy makes you strong. Intimacy helps you. That's why Jesus said to Peter, can't you pray an hour lest you fall into temptation? And then the, the third point of the area of warning is that, and more proof, that the call and the gifts are irrevocable or without repentance. So don't let the miracles, or even you being in a culture of miracles, don't let that trick you into forming your identity. Amen? All right. To recap, the main point of the morning, I wanted to bring that warning, I wanted to bring the admonition to admonish, to gently warn, but now I want to bring it, just bring it back to my main point today, and that is that we are a people of love, amen? You're not a worker of iniquity, that's not who you are, and if it is, then you need to get born again, and that's okay, because you can start again right now, Amen? Or recommit your life to Jesus. Get back on track. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He's trying to say, come on, let's start again. Amen? But as a Christian, you are the beloved. Even before you, even if you've never prayed for anyone to, to see someone healed, God says that you're my son in whom I'm well pleased. God says you're my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Just like he said to Jesus, even before he did any miracles. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Amen? Here's the other good news to finish on, just to recap. You've been baptized in love. You're a partaker of his divine nature. You are a person of compassion because Jesus is and Christ is in you. And that means that perfect love casts out fear. You're not a fearful person anymore. And when you get that, like we mentioned last week, we talked about the metamorphosis effect when we renew our mind, when we start to believe in who we are, we start to believe in our identity, that river will flow like it never has before because you know who you are. You're full of compassion. You're full of love. You're full of righteousness. You're full of holiness because that's who you are. That's who He's made you to be. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Let's give Jesus some praise. Come on. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or for other information, check out our website at firechurch.com.au.